0: Theology, theology, unblocked. You guys are going to have to help me here, because I I can introduce this thing, hello everybody, but I don't really know exactly why it is we're talking about the Joker movie, which is our subject.
1: That's right, that's what we're talking about today, the Joker movie. Now
0: I saw it three times, so so I I know I loved it, and if you want me to just give my review, basic review, awesome. Yeah. Crazy awesome, go see it. Yep, yep. If you're a Christian, go see it. Yep. If you're a non Christian, go see it. Yep. It is really, really good. Now who who shouldn't see it? Is there anybody? No. Disturbed people. I don't
1: know. People that can't get into an R rated movie. There you go. That, whatever subjective <laughs> standard has been set it, it by le- the...
0: It left whenever I left it, I, I didn't feel like disturbed, scared, dirty, anything. I felt like that taught something
1: that was a good well there's there's something
0: redemptive about that movie
2: that's what that's why i felt that is what that's the first thing you
1: told me yeah i think
2: i was pleasantly surprised i expected darker just because of everything said about it and i i guess i just and and what hollywood has accustomed me to think that they're always trying to go edgier yeah always trying to shock people so i thought I thought they're going to be super-duper dark. It's going to be depressing as all get-out. I kind of know the basic story. It's going to just be a total downer, nothing redemptive. And they'll probably overdo the violence because they want to shock you. And then they'll just sprinkle in a bunch of offensive garbage because that's what Hollywood does to get eyeballs. Yeah. yeah. And um, what can I say? I was by, by Hollywood standards today, I'd say they showed restraint. They took a higher road than that and it was tame in many respects. The body count in this movie's low. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it the really violence is. with some exception, lots of I'd say if you add up people who die on screen, now let's face it. We all see a billion people die on screen annually, right? We all do. Compared to most depictions of death on a screen, most of these deaths were very tame. You see a guy get shot, you don't even see blood sometimes. Yeah. It's like old movies when people got shot, it was bloodless. Some of the some of the shootings in this are Some aren't, but, but, you know, what is it like? You actually see, what, ten people die, maybe? No, five, six, six.
0: There was was only, yeah, six. Six people.
2: Yeah, so it's not a bloodbath. Wait, incidentally, there's going to be spoilers, by the way.
1: By the way, there's going to be spoilers. We should announce that as well. That's right. Let's
2: make that clear. We can't really talk about what we're going to talk about, exploring these themes without giving away spoilers. So if you don't want spoilers, you should not listen to any more of this. Yeah, the review
0: is over. You liked it, though, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Because I, mean, I haven't
0: talked to you about it yet. So, yeah,
2: yeah, uh, and and I also um, just well, as long as people are might be asking. Okay, so what's objectionable? Why is it R rated? Well, there are some serious themes, and it's sort of psychologically a trip, but uh, also a few f bombs. But even which, that's not super gratuitous by standards. Right. It's, there's, I don't know, I I never can tell, but maybe like, uh, maybe like five. Well, or you something know what's like
1: interesting at the very end. Uh, again, spoiler. Uh, but at the very end, when it's sort of right when he gets in the camera, and then it pans out, and then it cuts away to that old 70s 80s mm-hmm. you know end of programming day scene uh duh, 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 or whatever yeah, it yeah, was yeah, right. but then it pans out to a larger scene a shot of all these different uh, screens and then it had this one where um you get it, it's that line he says you get what you f- Bleeping deserve, bleep yeah. and deserve <laughs> it it bleeped it out but then it showed the shot I found that right. interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like um it censored the bad They're word, willing to show the violence. that violence, so, but not. And I think that word. was intentional. Maybe I don't know. That could have been a commentary. The director, yeah, or the and, writers were trying to kind of.
2: And and also just so people know, there's also no nothing sexual. No. In this, so which again, Hollywood today thinks that whatever story they tell. They've got to put something like that in there. Yeah, and I I thought good for them for not thinking they've had to do that. They were going the
0: direction of Marvel, you know, with uh, Deadpool. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, Deadpool was. But Deadpool's trying to shock people. It's it's trying to shock people. I
1: I think though. I think the thing is, like, at the end of the day, like John Wick was mentioned. That is cartoonish violence. The thing about the violence in Joker is that it is very realistic. Well, Uh, here's the realism, and
0: this is the start of kind of getting into, I think, some of the, what we're going to be talking about here, but it's real to me, it was more real to me, because it draws you so much into this one character, who, like you said, Carrie... Fills up almost every single bit of the every screen time. every frame. Right. He, he's and, in every frame, and, yeah. and you're pulled Nearly. into him in every single way. Mm-hmm. You go down with him, you go up with him, you you understand exactly why he's doing what he's doing. And then whenever the violence does come or the difficulties come that uh, you know we, we talk about, I think it's a little bit harder on you in the sense emotionally because you, you're you're knowing where this guy's going. Cause you know the Joker, you know what he has to end as the Joker somehow, and so and the Joker's not a good guy, you know he, he he's in the comics and every every uh, movie that he's been in, he's not a good guy, so he has to end up a bad guy. Well, there's then. some and you know where it's going, so you're stressed kind of that way, and then whenever you see it begin to happen, you you while you know it's gonna happen, you don't want it to. Yeah, there's some.
2: I'm, I'm, sorry, so, I'm sorry. you sympathize with him. But well, go ahead. I do, That's but like thing. we said this earlier, we I told you this separately. Um, There is some question in my mind as to the degree to which he actually does end up being Joker. What I always consider Joker. But we got to set that aside. That's sort of a different question. He definitely I ends like up that question, in a bad though. I don't want to set
0: that as a sometime I want to uh, right wonder. right maybe I'm, you, not maybe sure I'm not sure right here on theology. I'm on just Plo- not sure I buy it you but
2: you know what this movie could stand alone if someone listen if someone's going I'm not into comic book stuff and I'm not into the whole storyline doesn't even matter Yeah. this movie doesn't even need to be connected to Batman no the the themes it has and the things that kind of make you think and the the case study of this individual who you're right a lot of close-ups. You follow his face, and you sort of live all the emotions that this guy has, and some of which are painful. Mm-hmm. But you follow this troubled, unfortunate guy through this sad roller coaster of his life, kind of feeling every twinge on his face. And this actor is particularly good at all this facial stuff. He's he's a he's a good face actor. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it just it hurts to watch this well, guy it,
1: it, in general, and especially in this movie. just yeah. the physicality of it. It was a big part of it. That was as almost as um, significant as the words. He's a
2: good dancer too. Oh,
1: uh, he is it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. debatable. <laughs> he's a
2: weird. He's a weird looking dude when he yeah. dances. But that's part of the shtick. Well, is Joker. he's an oddball. He's an oddball. Everyone so who jo- sees him in the movie looks at him like, dude, you're off. And I think there's something too that I, I think. I think when you watch it, people who watch it are going to be reminded of people they know. I don't mean people who, oh, they're diabolical and they've killed someone. No, I mean you're going to be reminded of awkward people. Yeah, I I, I like that. Outcasts, people with a bad background, and people who socially have a hard time connecting, Mm. and people who, in a group, the other people, even if they don't say it because they're too nice, they think... Yeah, that guy's kind of off. Yeah, something. he's it's kind trying. What like being carried do with you? Yeah, right. <laughs> he's trying I'll to be funny. Me. Wait a minute. Wait he's, a minute. He's to make
1: I a identify joke. most with Joker. You know,
2: no, I mean, a lot, I think some people. I don't know who will. The, maybe the kind of people I'm thinking of wouldn't wouldn't be self aware enough to identify with Joker. Well, although he was, some people he was will. When he on
0: the bus and he started laughing, that was the that was the key moment for me where I just was drawn completely in it, emotionally, and I. I you felt I was, so
1: sorry for him. Yeah, I, yeah.
0: I, I heard him, and I I like. Knew he couldn't help. He it. has a
2: nervous condition that makes
0: him. laugh. And i and tried to figure know. out what I would do in a bus situation like that. In a situation where you know I'm right next to him or somebody else, anybody else, like you said, and, and it's like we we see normality in a certain way. You know, you need to be normal. Well, and then, if you don't fit the pattern of normal then we are going to look at you and stare at you and make you an outcast and do all kinds of different levels
2: of And things. in a crowded urban environment, which is what they have going here. Which it, is cold. It's and cold. It's, it's impersonal. Detached, yeah. Nobody. So the responses he gets are either. The most polite response is people ignore him. They pretend he's not there. Oh, is this some weird guy laughing for no good reason? I'm just going to keep looking straight ahead on this bus. The... Or, if it's not that, the direct interaction is people telling him, stop looking at me, stop stop talking to my kid, you know, you're standing... Whatever, he's like... In other words, there's nothing positive. No one ever is befriending him. No yeah. one ever shows compassion yeah. or understanding. In fact, this character has almost never experienced that yeah. from anybody. Yeah. Uh, and it has to do with his background. And that's why this is so realistic in terms of people. <laughs> how many people do you meet every day probably that who had had no connection to their parents they didn't there was no um imprinting or whatever you know like they didn't have the tight bond with a the parent they don't know who they are or they were abused as kids now they're on like six medications that's the joker that's this right. guy yeah. you know which
1: brings us to one one kind of um like motivation for us doing this on theology unplugged is that You know, Clint and I were talking about this yesterday that um, if if how different would Arthur Fleck's life have been if he had actually had a genuine Christian come up alongside him? One person, one, just one. Uh, Never mind, uh, you know, the the fellowship dinner on Wednesday nights, but just one person come up to him that genuinely cared about him. Yeah. And just for the fact, at him. just for the fact that he was a human yeah. and saw his dignity and worth as a human, which is what, at the end of the day, that's the only wanted. the only system that's what he wanted, and the only system that can offer that truly is the Christian system. Well, okay, in a Let's a talk about for this
0: for a second. Right. I mean, beyond beyond the Joker and beyond what he represents as one person think of it that how we how we do function and and how we do operate within the church and now now i'm talking about christians we go to churches where everybody's i mean we, we we go around and look and look and we finally settle on something where everybody's pretty much like us oh i got a lot of friends there we got so much in common we've got doctrine in common we got we got our uh practices in common we got the way we worship in common we've got what we love to do in common we got our, our whole system whether we're legalist or not a legalist we get that in common and we try to get everything in common because we love commonality we love to the sameness because it makes us feel the most comfortable well and that's just we, tribalism yeah, yeah and every time we get around that we we uh, anytime we we're around that for too long we get around other people and we're surprised that there are people out there that, that are, are different. different than us. Well, We're and that's, that's that there are the thing that
1: with different. with you know, in churches that are. And I get that <sighs> there's tribalism there, but at the end of the day, um, the 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 unifying factor of Christ, and we all we all share in that, which is why. You know, even across denominational lines, there are those essential things that make us Christians and we can all have fellowship over. But the thing is to, you know, I, I I understand that Christians maybe don't want to look at people like Arthur Fleck. That might be a problem. The thing is, there wasn't even there was absolutely no presence of any kind of Christian uh, person or no, anything no, in that movie. No. So the there thing is, a, there was a
0: negativity had, about Christianity. Well, there Christians, was not it, so it was just, just
1: neutral. Nothing. It was nothing. It was totally absent. But the point is, is that had a Christian uh, genuinely come up alongside him, regardless of whatever you were going off on about tribalism, uh, had that they had actually showed him compassion and kindness and recognized his dignity and worth as a human, he could have been a completely different person. And I think that that's he one of the reasons that, yeah, that's that's something Clint and I talked about yesterday and why we felt, you know, that's something you can recognize that um, this... You know, if essentially Arthur Fleck could have been like the Gadarene demoniac or something. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, Well,
2: how many people, you know, we hear people with testimonies sometimes and they'll say, I was on this road and where would I be today? And so I met somebody or somebody shared with me. It, it alters the course of their life. And so this, this particular character, you know, like we're saying, he's not your traditional bad guy backstory where I see a supervillain. A backstory as evil from early on. And I think to myself, if I were writing a backstory of an evil supervillain, I would say, oh, you're going to see how he was evil as a child? How he was e- he's like Michael Myers. You know, that, right. bo- that boy was pure evil, you know, yeah. even when he's a boy. And he, he, Our, it's, in, it's inevitable he's right. going to turn out this Our way. Or Megamind.
1: Megamind. And it's like,
2: but that's not this guy's story. This guy stumbles and bumbles into this role. By a series of coincidences and accidents, a series
1: of unfortunate events. He only <laughs> yeah. has
2: a gun because some guy gave him one and said, "Here, yeah, you yeah. should keep a gun." He only is wearing a clown. He's only dressed as a clown by happenstance when because he's attacked on that subway yeah. because that was how he worked as a clown. He liked trying to be a clown and make people happy and stuff. He only shoots guys originally out of self-defense, or he would have. He may have never started. He may have never got started a taste of rampage. killing had he not been attacked by other people. And he, only has, and he only has followers or people who dress like a clown because they saw that on the news a guy dressed as a clown killed some guys who happen to be the type of people they are against, the rich cats. And so it's all by accident. It's not by design. But to your point, when he sees that some other people like something he did and dress like him and believe that he's some kind of social hero... He, he he finds he, himself. He goes with it and he likes it. Not because he believes in their cause, because as he tells one person, <laughs> I don't really believe I, in anything. The way he says it too. I don't I believe in anything. <laughs> yeah. believe in like, anything. Like, no, See, I, it's brilliant. He doesn't he oh, I think it looks to me like they depict it this way. That the the reason he likes that role and, and is willing to embrace it and, and, and be their guy, their mascot, is because they're the first group of people. Whoever liked him yeah. and thought he was worth a darn yeah. and he even says to his therapist after he realizes that some people saw what he did and liked it. Yeah. He says, you know, until recently, I wasn't even sure I existed. Yeah. Is that how, that may be one of the saddest lines you'll ever yeah. hear. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. he's like Dostoevsky's underground man or these existential characters that are depicted in literature where they're they're just in such angst, like am I am I even real? Nobody even because notices it, me. It comes
1: down to dignity and worth as as a human, and if you're if you can't recognize that, and if you see others don't recognize that in you, uh, you can't recognize it in yourself. But ultimately, and this gets into what is our identity really, right? And that's the thing. If he had had a Christian come alongside him, not only would they be exhibiting. The the qualities of Christ, right. but they would be the big red arrow that points up. They'd be the the big red arrow that points to the like... eternal. To where my being compassion compassionate towards you and loving you and recognizing your dignity and worth is ultimately because you do have inherent dignity and worth because you're made in the image of God.
0: But well, not because and, I'm just being
1: nice and, and giving some and, charity. And, yeah, away. not because I'm being a nice person, uh, and not because I want anything from you um and but but you shouldn't even find your dignity and worth in me recog- me recognizing it cuz ultimately it's rooted in the fact that you're an image bearer and that's what you know you're left ultimately you I think this movie does a good job of representing nihilism uh, ultimately the the entailment of it and those are really your and own it's not t- pretty and it's not pretty and those are ultimately your only two options either christianity is true Or nihilism is true. There's nothing in between.
2: And and, and, and in a sense, the movie is saying that, if you read between the lines, like, if... If there is no point to this, and if if nihilism is the the only right. thing you're Which left with, nihilism
0: is it's just Nothing is. You like believe in nothing. nothing. Life no, yeah. really doesn't have any meaning. You don't believe meaning. in morals. You don't believe in right. meaning. You don't believe in purpose. Nothing is.
2: And this guy Fleck wants his life to have meaning. He's not rooting for it, even for till nihilism. the very end. He wants people. Yeah. He wants he. But but it's almost like he gets to a point where he just goes, you know what? He gives up. And if we give up. Then, in a sense, I wonder if this, they're trying to say, if, if we give up, what we re- the the world we have, if we, if give we give in up, even. Give in are, to we, it. It is a clown show. Yeah. yeah, that's all this is.
1: It's absurdity, and that's one reason I I've always thought the Joker laughs, especially like with Heath Ledger. He's laughing. He's ultimately laughing at the absurdity of of people trying to find meaning. I mean, in this case, Arthur Fleck has a condition, and yeah. you know, it's kind of taken that angle, like yeah. it's some sort of. You know, medically induced, uh, you know, condition that it's he an has. Awkward but it's, it always it's awkward laugh. weird when awkward and it's, it's he does painful it. even yeah. for him, and it's yeah. painful to watch him. It's when not he's, a laugh that makes anyone happy. No, it's sure. like, and and I think we can all empathize. I can empathize with laughing at the wrong moment. Like you just get the giggles, as it's called, and then it's like it's the worst feeling. Yeah, you know. That's so I understand that. Think you know? think
2: about the different kinds of comedy that are. That there's a the oh whole, yeah the whole yeah. theme in this is. There's a lot of, the, there's a theme running through this about laughter, comedy, and smiles. It right. keeps working its way through. Right. Even though there aren't, there's not much of that to go no. around in this movie, but he keeps talking about it. But there, but you see the early guy, the early guy in the movie. There are moments when he wants the innocent kind of laughter, like what's the most innocent kind of laughter? The kind of child. A child. Exhibits. Right. And he interacts with kids a couple of times, a few times, and he. He likes to dress up like a clown, put on the nose, uh, and if they laugh, he likes that. Yeah, that's genuinely that, that's innocent. Genuinely, that's pure. That's there's a purity to that kind of laughter and to trying to get that kind of laughter. Like it's, I want to make a child laugh, and make a child happy. But then when it darkens and after you know you see this guy take a beating and every kind of possible unfortunate disappointment. Well, even even before the know, beating,
1: think about him on the bus and he's making that child laugh in the middle of that. That's, that's right. a very Sweet interaction he's having with his child yeah. and the mother being protected. Yeah. Now I don't I'm thinking he's a weirdo. I, I, I'm a protective mother, <laughs> yeah. but I have never said that to even people so that bold I think as are to weird. Say, Stop looking at my kids. But if there, if it gets, I can be a mama bear. Just ask my yeah, kids. Sure. They've seen that's happened in scary situations, mm-hmm. even. But in that kind of situation, I would, you know, I wouldn't have done that.
2: And in 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 the big cold dead city, everyone mistrusts everyone. Right. Everyone's a weirdo right. and a stranger. Right. As opposed to the small community right. where you might have said.
1: Oh, that's fun! And then, yeah, you know, exactly. Uh,
2: your 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 you know your neighbor, your uncle Arthur here, is making you laugh. It yeah. would have been that's a whole different scenario. As a,
1: but you don't get that, and but that's another part. What does he of get the... to
2: though? He gets to the point where he says he says in a pretty in, in one of the disturbing scenes it involves his mother. He yeah. says, um, "I realize now. I used to think my life was a tragedy. Now I realize it's a comedy." Well, think about what that's what, what kind of understanding of the word comedy does that. Entail, right. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I think it's. I think it entails
0: just kind of what we were talking about with nihilism, and entails this kind of giving up. And it's just, it's just, <laughs> you know, yeah. whenever you, you laugh out loud, whenever things just don't make sense or don't have meaning, and you know, it just comes to you, and you can't help it because it's so ridiculous. And I think that's kind of what he's going towards. Is life is
2: just so ridiculous, it's funny, you know. And partly to I, Carrie's point, and if you were able you imagine what could I have said to a guy like him if I met him um you know another thing I think you would say is uh you would say you know the uh the la- the instinct you have to toward under toward laughter yeah and and a child you would say that's a big arrow is that what you how you put it yeah that's a big arrow like that's that is a genuinely good thing why is it good I mean this is sort of we're doing a little bit of the um we're doing a little presuppositional thinking yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Why do you naturally Or that and his and his his simple moral message and and the Joker in this thing does have this I'd say childlike moral message yeah, to the uh, world well,
1: like it there's right and there's wrong it's not very and sophisticated a lot of wrong is happening to me something though that michael like this was great that he just said how would you evangelize the joker mm-hmm. um that was like when you asked me that yeah, like yeah, after we'd both yeah. seen it i thought that's such a great question but I, think it you com- know? I think a lot of people
2: uh, today especially young people if you encounter a lot of young people i mean i say young people maybe others too but i think a lot of people today have it's based on the basic moral intuition, for lack of a better terms, I've uh-huh. put it like this. Hey, everyone, be nice. I mean, it's the simplest well, yeah. thing. It, it's it, like the greatest commandment boiled down to from a, from a five-year-old's point of view. Yeah. And isn't that the distillation of what the Joker is wanting? I mean, he, he doesn't know how to express it to, in sophisticated right. terms. But even at the very end of the movie, he has this little sermon that he gives it's the sermon of I think about an eight year old and it's like everybody's so
1: mean. Yeah Why can't well, we be nice to him? Listen, listen to his
0: dream. Listen to his dream. His dream is 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 be, this guy being nice to him. And giving him a big hug. Remember the big hug? Oh,
1: when he was, yeah. Well, that, and
0: and whenever you realize that's a dream, that's something he's hoping for. All he wants is. You think about
1: that hug because I thought it was an odd
0: hug, you know? It just kind of came out of nowhere and it was just this full bear hug. Yeah. Well, it was something that he he longed for because
1: he didn't have a father. He's fatherless. And again, there's another, another, he thought this guy would do it. He thought there was this one
0: guy that would do it. And that was the only one he dreamed about, the, oh, a famous but, guy. But it's
2: the only guy he saw regularly through the TV. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Which it, it occurred to me after watching and, but this. But
0: he's the only guy he, that he saw regularly that he didn't have contact with that right. didn't already reject him. Well, And think, so here's this guy which is yeah. why that's was... out there in the open that he has this big dream about. And he's probably dreams it every time he sees this. And it's well, built and built and built. To another... the point, I think this guy, if he knew me, this is the idea. I, I think this guy, if he knew me, would would act this way towards he could, me. He had a self perception yeah, that would that of some people that, that some people should or could love him. And I think that's probably the big turn at the end whatever this guy oh, is just making just, fun of him oh my. and you see his face while he's watching and make br- fun of him that was and amazing. it was a great face that, that was, it was just this well, it was this oh empty my. face it was empty of everything it was empty of, all, of the hope, all the blood everything all the hope just came had out been, And it's, yeah. his eyes it wasn't a mad face it wasn't an evil face it was just like it was, it was dead it's it's was, it could have been yeah. in a it's, casket it could have been sitting there and you could have closed his eyes and that would have been him dead it was over at that point it's what you would call a shattered, shattered uh and he was moving forward in that direction like a shattered
2: God. visage right is that yeah, how you yeah that's a good and, way and i mean that that host is not the is not the only man who he thinks that about thomas wayne because thomas yeah. wayne oh, who yeah. he thinks yeah. and i mean we're not gonna get into whether or not but yeah but he he at least thinks that maybe thomas wayne is his real father yeah. here's some serious and look at how terror. he's treated but yeah and, and i think what you're saying michael when he approaches him I think he imagines that maybe, maybe, because he yeah. goes, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's and he your long-lost son. You, you, you can't dad. deny it whenever you look yeah. at us. Yeah, see? And that's the way he looks yeah. at himself, you know? Yeah. And then maybe he maybe he has the similar delusion that Thomas Wayne's going to throw his yeah. arms around him like the dad he never had. And say, and son. instead
1: he was just met with violence. And instead he gets punched and in a, the and and nose. If we're to and believe, he said, I don't want money. I don't want money. Remember that? He and just he doesn't, wants want warmth. He wants warmth. He uses that word warmth, if I recall. Warmth. You Warmth. He he wants a fa- that
2: yeah, that's what he said. So why, why can't you yeah. give me a little... And he wants the fa- a father. Now, we're getting real theological here, aren't we? Yes. Because the daddy issue, both in the spiritual sense... Right. And, I mean, this is also social commentary, which... Obviously, a lot of people in our culture hate this. Hate this message today. Key how do we deny in, it? Fatherlessness yeah. is a is a rampant epidemic
1: and a motivating and, factor and in crime know, this, and poverty. Absolutely.
2: We have, everyone talks about. Like, I was listening to this debate with uh, these candidates the other night. The gun violence problem. No one will ever dare say that that every one of these people who who is in some ways they're Fleck-like, right? They feel it. And and by the way, none of this justifies any crazy thing people do at all. Right. You're just trying to figure out what makes them act this way. Why do they get to this point? And one thing that Fleck doesn't have because this takes place in like 1981 or something. Yeah. Guess what he doesn't have? He doesn't go home to his lonely apartment and get on a computer and go online because he doesn't have the Internet yet see what i mean yeah otherwise he doesn't have community who knows but but that's not always the community though that guys like him find isn't always good no because it's also (laughs) impersonal and distant and there's a lot of meanness out on the internet too
1: so i don't it can be uh, even worse because anonymity affords boldness that you wouldn't likely have well anyway i think that again going the two things those are kind of two things in terms of how to evangelize the Joker. And that's not really our intended theme of this, but it just, that was such a great question Michael asked after the, like, I think I like the night name. after we, Can we seen name it,
0: how to evangelize. The Joker. I think it's
1: going to be named that, <laughs> oh, but I think we've hit on that. Like, um, and my friend Tony, when I was talking to him about it, he goes, well, at which point? like, Shout out it, for he Tony. Said, he said after, I know, but it was great. He said, Say you know Tony. what? He says what, when he's in the gas chamber where he should be for killing people? How would we evangelize him there? I'm like, that's a good point. But there, that's a, it, it is a very good observation, too, that at different stages in his sort of devolution into Joker how would you approach him so that that would be but ultimately well, I, mean, I think I mean, we can think hit about on it think about it the, i mean it's the, imp- the two things are uh, real quick though the two things that we've already hit on is that the fatherlessness the issue and then the morality I was, I was trying to say that earlier that you know how would we evangelize him and just recognize that he sees this need to um of goodness and this desire for goodness and he's only been being met with the opposite of that or that a total absence of that so those are like that that thing to say, yeah, you're right to recognize that there's goodness and there should be goodness and you're being deprived of it and this is why. And secondly, there are you know, fathers, absent fathers or abusive fathers or whatever that you've ha- had to deal with. Uh, there's a, a loving heavenly father. So those are kind of the two evangelistic mm-hmm. well, um, uh, well, think things of, we could think use. Of the, Sorry. Think
0: of him whenever he's, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the first scenes. Where he is, you just see him laughing, right? And he can't quit laughing, and then finally he stops, and he's in a counselor's office. And think of it as interaction with that counselor and how it went. I mean, it's kind of the same as with the second counselor Mm -hmm. as well, but this, I mean, this counselor was just sitting there staring at him, and as he said, you ask me the same questions over and over, and basically you have no idea. You don't listen. Yeah, you don't listen. You ask me, do I have negative
2: thoughts, and then he says, All All I I have have are negative negative thoughts. thoughts.
0: (laughs) Well, and and she, uh, the social worker, is not listening. And and she's really not. She's just asking the the rote questions that are written down on a page somewhere that social workers are supposed to ask. And so she's got this
2: coldness to her as well. Everybody's cold. His mom's not cold. Yeah, because... His mom's crazy, though. She's nuts. The social worker is appointed to do this job paid by, this, by the yeah, cold hand yeah. of the state, and when the money runs out, it's like, sorry, brother, we're done here. And and I thought to myself, kind of like you asked earlier, what if he had encountered a Christian community or a person? I thought, what if he had a genuinely Christian counselor? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Instead of this cold, dead, rote, by-the-book person that's L- that dead, listened, won't even make eye contact listened. with him. And this guy's like, you don't even hear a word I say. You're yeah. not helping me. I'm. Let's just, just refill my prescriptions and let's get this over yeah. with. So that counselor is, is like in the words of Joe, miserable counselors are you all, as he tells his friends. Yeah. That's what this person is, a miserable counselor. Yeah.
1: And you see it, especially in the second visit with her, when... The funding had been cut at that point. She's like, Well, Arthur. And then she's like, They don't, well, I won't say exactly what she's saying. None of them care about you. They don't care about 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 me either. And they don't care about me either. So it seemed like that. It almost at that point seemed like it was just a job to her. It wasn't born from. It was like out of necessity, not out of desire. Yeah. You know, she yeah. wasn't really invested in yeah. the, the way. No,
0: I don't she even, wasn't I wasn't really wrong. know the you, and I don't was, really care. The counselor was just completely absent. But think about it as well. Think about this part. I thought this was, this was very interesting, where you've got um, him in, at, I think this is the first scene, or just after the first scene, where he's in with the guys in the locker room, he's changing, and he's trying to do the locker buddy stuff. You know, you're cool, you're in the locker yeah, room, here's yeah. all my buds, my come on, let's go. And Even I'm, that was awkward, I'm too. like you guys. The clown locker room. And so yeah. <laughs> what was he doing to be like them? Well, he did a few things to be like them, but one of the main things that I saw that was really funny, and I think this was the case, and I think this is what they were trying to do, but uh, the, the guy said the joke about the midget. Yeah. Somebody yeah. else that's awkward, right? That's right. And, another and, outcast. Yeah, another outcast. And he laughs at the joke. And at first I was like, why is he laughing at this joke? You know, he, he should be nice about this. There's no reason for him. And plus he's supposed to laugh. He, uh, throughout the things, he's laughing at all the wrong places. But he laughs right. at the joke and goes around the corner laughing. And then he just stops.
2: Yeah, like, ha, ha, ha And then he just suddenly. It was silent. a
0: fake laugh. That he was trying to join you know in what, with them, and around the
1: corner, he know. goes
0: through, and he says, all right, they don't hear me anymore. I'm stopping. Well, okay. I don't
1: get it. That's one interpretation. Yeah. I don't know if that's the way I no, no, see that's
0: it. No, no, that's the way it was. No, no. Uh. No,
2: it is. <laughs> yeah. So um, here's another one. Okay. he got this condition. I see his nervous laugh condition as a defense mechanism, a way to cope with awkward times. And so, like, when he's on that subway and those guys are messing with the girl, He busts out laughing. That is a tense, awkward situation with a little bit of fear involved. In the locker room, it's an unpleasant situation because socially I don't fit in. And now this little guy over here is getting a joke made about it. It's made even worse. And that's kind of uncomfortable and wrong. And so he busts out laughing. And when he's on stage, ironically... It's a good
0: interpretation. Wrong but good.
2: On stage, ironically, I'm continuing to make the case to show why I'm right here. When he's on stage at open mic night trying to be a comedian, which I yeah. think is one of the great ironies of how they put this together, that, that a guy who yeah. gets laughed at for the wrong reasons wants to be a guy who gets laughed at for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, He goes on stage. And what happens when he goes on stage? He busts out laughing uncontrollably. And why? Because he thinks he's so darn funny? No. Because there's another situation that's very awkward where there's pressure and i got to be good and everyone's looking at me. So I think he laughs as a psychological defense mechanism. Remember he can't help it, Not to fake it. He can't help it. So and how so, is he faking it if he can't help I, uh, it?
0: But he started laughing at the right spot there. That's the only time in the entire. I do movie think there's a mix because he yeah. la- laughed at the right okay. spot.
2: You're right. He and to, and here's to your point. When another comedian's on stage, he's also laughing at that comedian. At but the Not always places. at the right. Not at always, the always at the right time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I know this is right a venue for laughter so i'm just gonna but but i don't well the point, I don't is, know the point
0: is broader What what is the meaning of this what is what is this we're back to the idea of just awkward weird people and how to deal with them yeah. and how to deal with yourself if you're awkward and weird right well because because we're not we all gonna, are we're, just by degree well, yeah, that's yeah. what i was gonna say
1: here's the big spoiler folks we are all really <laughs> weird. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, there's something bizarre. Yeah, but we
0: fit in when we can fit in. Yeah. I know how to fit in whenever, wherever. I can adapt and change. I can too. And some people yeah. can't, you know, and some people just don't know. They don't even know that that's the ethic that we're supposed to do. Sure. And they don't. And all of a sudden, yeah. Just we get uncomfortable. Now I understand getting uncomfortable whenever people change and it seems to be in a dangerous way. That's different, right? I mean right. there's some people out there that are that are dangerously getting ready to hurt somebody and that's the awkwardness that we see. But I'm talking about these people that are just every day awkward and don't 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 do things right, don't see things right, and we get frustrated with them. I've got this friend that I that I've been friends with for a long, long time. And I, I, at first, I kind of did the thing that we're talking about here, right? He was an awkward, weird guy and a complete reject. I mean, literally living at a gas station. And so I went and picked him up and brought him to my house, let him stay there for three or four days. Does
1: he listen to this podcast? No, he okay. doesn't.
0: <laughs> And, and so I let him stay there f- for three or four days. And then, um, you know, uh, I, I was like, okay, we, we got to do something else, right? Because I just got married and he's sitting here sleeping on my couch and you're making my wife uncomfortable. I didn't say that, but that's what's going on. And her dad's about to kill me if I don't get him out, you <laughs> know, because he does not want him in there. And so we, we get him out and then here's my deal. Here's here's all I'm trying to do is I'm trying to change this guy. And I like I say, listen you've got to start doing this or acting this way or quit doing this and there's so many things that You're I have to make set him up for him act
1: as he does. yeah I, I they wanna, want you to act like you don't I want him to act like, like he, his like his
2: uh, joke he, he wrote a joke in his remember when he's writing oh yeah, he's yeah, trying to yeah, write yeah, yeah. and one of his jokes which they're not funny because yeah, that's the whole none thing of them are. one of them is the the trouble with having a mental illness is everyone act, wants you to act like you don't. Yeah, that's yeah. one of his. That's one of that's, so that's part. Well, of that's that's, exactly,
1: that's yeah. kind of what you this were doing. Is with this is what we try
0: to do with people like him. Is we try and here's what I did. I tried to change him, and I got mad because he wouldn't change. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't even get a slight bit better. Every <laughs> single time we reverted back to the same thing, he would forget things, forget everything I told. And here we are, and this is literally. 25 years later 25 years later and he is the exact same nobody's been able to change him but I have seen him go through so many churches I'm talking churches because this guy's a Christian Right. I've seen him go through so many churches and none of them take him in and what I mean by take him in is all this stuff Welcome that we're talking about? Right. Welcome him as he is, not mm-hmm. saying I, I've got to change this about you before. Uh, I, this weirdness is—we've we, got to overcome this. It is as he is, well, and yeah, and I, I do think he finally found someplace. I really do. I'm, I'm glad of that. But I wasn't the person. I wasn't good. Well, I, let's I, not let's not I kid ourselves. I was good to take him in, but I thought that that was it. Yeah, I thought we, I was done
2: Let, because I was going to change him. We we don't we should be as blatantly honest as possible this challenge of the mentally ill and um, special needs of all kinds of people it's it's no small thing I have a kid who who is autistic Mm. and because of him I know lots of other people so I have gained a whole new perspective and it is it is extremely frustrating they have a hard time changing you know, even yeah. in small ways, to adjust better, to learn how to get along in society better, it's to pain, be more independent. It can independent. be
1: painful. It's very like painful. Stress, the stress can cause and physical pain even. Yeah,
2: they, you know, and, and I think, uh, and, and even if you've ever worked with even just the homeless and people with drug problems, you know, it's not like you... It's no simple. You don't just take them in one time and say, and be nice to them one time. Or quit drugs right now. And, and tell them, hey, you know, God loves you, and we do too, it's and you're commitment. an okay guy, and it's blah, blah, blah. You know, a 30-minute conversation. And then guess what? They're healed. They yeah. go, they go yeah. that's not generally the way it works. So when we, when we look at this challenge, that in we say... And a year later that works. Yeah. So even, even the flex of the world, you watch a movie, and you're like, oh, if I met him, I'd say this, and I'd say that, and I'd do this, and I'd do that. Well, I hope so. That doesn't mean... That that guy would, after you talk to him for an hour, that the whole that his whole life would be different just because of that. It would probably take an investment, a genuine friendship of some kind, where you follow up and where he's cared for. And I mean, look, th- this this whole movie doesn't reflect well on the big state, does it? In the uh-huh. big government. That's because a very good point. What this movie says is, without family, a person. Can be lost in the in the sea of the impersonal state. The, system, the impersonal yeah. state might give you drug prescriptions. Yeah. that's not going to fix you. The, the impersonal state might assign you a counselor. That counselor is not can't be your mom the or dad. The impersonal
1: state might pick up garbage and then decide not to. That's <laughs> right. Think about it. That, that's, that's right. That's where it started and with so the garbage. And so
2: in the impersonal state. There's a Frankenstein uh, lesson. Like we might create monsters like the Joker because we played God. And this is what we ended up with instead of a healthy functional person, which now mental illness is different, but even the mentally ill, I mean, there's unfortunately there, there's a, I think, I think today there's a stigma that's really unfortunate for the mentally ill mm-hmm. because there are text because there are examples of people who do mass shootings and everything. And most of them are mentally ill because I would almost say definitionally, if you do that, you're some yeah. to some degree, you're mentally yeah. ill. But because of that, Unfortunately, we have the idea that it's a similar way that people say you think that every Muslim's going to kill people because of uh, because of, of so many headlines of Muslims killing people. Well, we sometimes think that mentally, we sometimes now associate mental illness with a tendency to violence. The yeah. fact is, the overwhelming majority of the mentally ill do not have. Violent tendencies. Or If they
1: do, it's directed at themselves, yeah, and not right other others. But it's even not if outward, they don't have internal. violent tendencies,
2: even if they're never going to kill anybody, because it's right and because they're in the, in the image of God, they need to be cared for. Yeah, they need they need to be loved and accepted, and
1: they and they appreciate it more their, than you think. Their dignity and worth as a human being, even though they have an ailment. I mean, no, no. Let me.
0: Let you me, wouldn't abort them because of that. Kind of so why would you have something to what right, I was you know, talking exactly. about earlier? Because because I, I said, you know, we, we accept them as they are. Doesn't mean that we cannot bring about change in people and help people. And all of these people are helpless. And so you should just kind of leave everybody as they are. Because because there's so many situations. Yeah. There's so many situations to where I mean, even going back to Christ and and seeing him approach somebody that was weird. That was the demoniac. You know, what did he do? He changed him. He he cast. He was
1: scary. He was scary. Yeah, and he was incidentally hurting himself, by the way. And and Uh, so
0: I mean, yeah, you don't say, Well, he just hurts himself there's nothing we can do that kind of stuff there is this change that we try to bring about the point that i'm making though is not not so much do, should we try to change people and and stop trying to change people but it's that what if they don't change whenever they are off our radar off balance in our According to the normality you still that love we have, them and yeah, yeah you, you keep you try on loving to, them, sure, and that may involve changing them, and may not, right? Depending on po- po- well, why the, they're like the that. The desire but, for them but to change—it's it, this, it's this longevity, absolutely—to where we stay with them and love them, not because we know they're going to change, but because because they're human. Th- because
1: they are human, because, because they, have they have dignity you, yeah. and worth by virtue of being an image bearer, and um, and that's the thing that to say. Also, though, to recognize there is an objective thing there to where mental illness in any form, I have depression and anxiety, it's not good. So there is a standard, and there is this sort of striving to rid yourself of that. Or, And that I think that that's, on a larger scale, another aspect of the Christian message that can be delivered, that there is an objective goodness for us to strive for as humans, and wellness, even physical and mental, and ultimately that's going to be realized that's, like I guess, the aspect of things where you can talk about the future hope that we have within glorification through Christ that that, uh, we will be rid of all these elements. But there's always that recognition that, like you're saying, that you love and accept people and embrace them, and even if they never change for 20 years, you still want the best for them because that's another aspect of the Christian message is that we are interested in people's well-being. So there's a lot of elements, I think, within how to evangelize joker that we could do you see what i'm saying um so th- i guess that that's it that's that's my takeaway anything else guys
2: no. should we end with the fake laugh
1: <laughs>
2: theology
1: unplug